Forced Migration Review, Issue 50, September 2015. Sheltering Displaced Persons from Sexual and Gender-Based Violence by Julie Frasero. Providing a variety of safe shelter types, each with its own unique strengths and limitations, within a single area could help meet the diverse and changing needs of survivors of sexual and gender-based violence. Men, women, and children risk sexual and gender-based violence, SGBV, in situations of conflict and emergency, and during the process of flight. Even once they are settled, in displacement camps or urban areas, their individual insecurity often increases, due to factors such as, for example, the breakdown of family and community ties, shifting gender roles, and limited access to resources, police protection, and adequate housing. The health and psychosocial needs of refugees and internally displaced persons, IDPs, fleeing SGBV can also be urgent and complex, resulting from the individual or collective harms they have suffered. Yet guidance on the provision of safe shelter to those fleeing SGBV is surprisingly limited. The Interagency Standing Committee, IASC Guidelines for Gender-Based Violence Interventions in Humanitarian Settings, offer the most detailed guidance, and note one. However, their brief discussion of safe shelter focuses only on camp settings and lacks concrete examples of possible models and of ways to extend protection to marginalized groups. To address this gap, in late 2011, the Sexual Violence Program of the Human Rights Center at the University of California, Berkeley, undertook the Safe Haven Study of Safe Shelters Serving Refugees, IDPs, and Other Forced Migrants in Four Countries, Colombia, Haiti, Kenya, and Thailand. The individual safe shelter programs included in the study serve either adult survivors of SGBV or adults and children combined. They are run by government, international NGOs, or local civil society organizations, and vary widely in physical form, size, and capacity. Some were designed specifically to serve refugees or IDPs, while others primarily served the mainstream population but were open to serving displaced persons. In the course of the study, researchers developed a typology of safe shelter models serving refugees and other displaced persons. Bullet point. Traditional safe houses. Survivors live together in a common structure, with staff overseeing operation of the accommodation. Bullet point. Independent living arrangements. Staff arrange for survivors to be housed in separate accommodations, that is, independent flats or hotel rooms, but that were not built specifically for safe shelter purposes. Bullet point. Community hosting arrangements. Survivors temporarily live in the homes of selected community members. Bullet point. Protected areas. Survivors live in their own homes in a protected enclosed subsection of a refugee or IDP camp. Bullet point. Alternative purpose entities. Survivors stay in a setting designed to provide services unrelated to safe shelter, that is, a police station, hospital clinic, or church. There were also hybrids that combine elements of the above models. And note two, traditional safe houses. The safe house was by far the most common. In general, traditional safe houses are beneficial to residents with greater security needs, offering measures such as guards, gates, confidential locations, and rules governing residents' movements and visitors. However, this comes at the expense of community engagement, mobility, and independence. Extreme examples are the shelters for high-risk IDPs in Colombia fleeing conflict-related violence. Residents of these shelters reported feeling locked in or imprisoned due to the rigid security protocols, police patrols, and armed escorts accompanying survivors to outside services. Exceptions are the traditional safe houses run by grassroots women's and migrants' rights organizations in Thailand, 
which are often attached to a community center offering resources, information, and social activities. This variation of traditional safe house seems to strike an effective balance between security and resident empowerment. Traditional safe houses also bring strangers to live in close proximity, which can result in conflicts related to cleanliness, shared resources, unequal power dynamics, or pre-existing animosity towards members of other cultural and ethnic groups. Independent living arrangements. These arrangements seem to be useful in allowing more freedom and independence than other models, and providing more confidential or comfortable options for members of some marginalized groups who have specific needs, or do not feel comfortable being housed with the general population. In Kenya, one program houses LGBT and Note 3 refugees with protection concerns in low-profile private apartments around Nairobi, where they can live inconspicuously in the general community. However, they were safe only as long as they did not outwardly identify as LGBT. Informants in Thailand noted that, given the gender norm that, quote, men can protect themselves, end quote, and the stigma attached to men using safe shelters, an independent living arrangement model may be more accessible to and culturally appropriate for men and teenage boys. The main limitation of independent living arrangements was the lack of any real security provision at housing sites. Scattered housing can also be isolating and unable to provide the social support that many find essential to recovery. Community host arrangements. The community host system, in which survivors stay in the homes of volunteers, is an emerging protection strategy. These programs offer survivors the comfort of a home setting and the ability to stay within their own communities, which can help them to maintain supportive relationships with friends and family and ease the reintegration process. It also fosters a network of survivor advocates within the community. In Dadaab Refugee Camp in Kenya, two community host systems run by international NGOs temporarily place survivors in the homes of community leaders and volunteers. In a camp setting, this model allows for a community-based option that either cuts people off from their normal support networks, nor raises their expectations of long-term stays or resettlement. Community host systems are less resource-intensive, and they also provide an option for those who may not want to take the extreme step of leaving the community, even temporarily. However, such systems may not be suitable for survivors with high security risks, particularly in a closed camp setting where it is not possible to move to another area secretly. Host families in Colombia express concerns about their own safety when housing people in volatile situations with minimal security, and some noted that it had a negative impact on their own family dynamics. In Kenya, survivors and volunteer hosts were occasionally attacked, and in other instances, potential hosts simply refused to accept survivors because they feared for their own safety. These programs also depend on community awareness of women's rights and approval of survivors seeking protection. Protected Areas Protected areas are closed-off sections of a refugee camp with enhanced security, where at-risk individuals can live with their families in their own homes among other families in need of protection. In Kakuma Refugee Camp in Kenya, for example, the protected area is enclosed by a wire mesh fence covered in thorny branches that shield residents from view. Two security guards work at the gate, and a nearby police station enhances security. However, this model posed challenges similar to those associated with traditional safe houses including a focus on security at the expense of connection to the community, and tensions resulting from strangers of diverse backgrounds living together in a congested space. Alternative Purpose Entities Alternative purpose entities can provide important protection options on a short-term emergency basis, such as beds and health clinics in Kenya and Thailand, and housing at boarding schools and refugee camps in Kenya and Thailand. 
In Kenya, a community-run detention center for offenders, known as the Sudanese cell, doubles up as a safe space for survivors. The primary limitation of alternative purpose entities is that they are simply not oriented to address the complex needs of survivors. In certain cases, they could provide temporary security, but could not address medical or psychosocial needs. In other cases, the reverse was true. Findings suggest that these models should be used only as a short-term, last resort for sheltering survivors in emergency situations. A diversity of options. This typology of safe shelters models can be used in building an evidence base for more effective shelter protection, and it can serve as a framework for analyzing trends and understanding the strengths and limitations of different program types. The study identified a number of critical factors for the success of safe shelter programs, regardless of type. These include, bullet point, how the community perceives the shelter, bullet point, the provision of adequate security and psychosocial support for both residents and staff, bullet point, a survivor-centered approach in which survivors are involved in all levels of decision-making, bullet point, the development of transition strategies for residents to be able to move on as early as possible, bullet point, a shelter's level of coordination with other shelters and other service providers in the area. Having a diversity of safe shelter options available is ideal to accommodate the range of security needs, as well as individuals' desire for independence and community connection. Understanding the diversity of possible program models and making this range available within a single camp or community can enable survivors to transfer to more appropriate safe shelters as their needs and preferences evolve. More in-depth, rigorous evaluation of safe shelter programs is urgently needed to confirm which models work well in different circumstances. Julie Frasero, J-U-L-I-E-F-R-E-C-C-E-R-O at berkeley.edu. Associate Director of the Sexual Violence Program at the Human Rights Center, University of California, Berkeley, School of Law. www.law.berkeley.edu slash centers slash human hyphen rights hyphen center. This article is based on findings of the Safe Haven Study of the Human Rights Center. Julie Frasero was lead researcher and author for the Thailand case study and co-author of the Four Country Comparative Report. The Safe Haven Report series is available at http colon slash slash tinyurl.com slash safehaven hyphen berkeley law.